0: Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. Do you have a testimony of what Jesus Christ has done in your life? Are you able to say, like the man born blind in John chapter 9, Once I was blind, but now I can see? This is, without question, the most important declaration of our lives, that once we did not understand the grace of God's mercy in Jesus Christ, but now We see and embrace Jesus Christ as our only Lord and Savior. Let's open our Bible now to John chapter 9 and look at this incredible blessing received by the blind man from Jesus Christ our Lord.
1: Well, good evening and welcome to another teaching It is a Thursday evening here in Texas, and hopefully y'all are just loving on Jesus like we talk about every teaching. There is really nothing that, uh, and I know we say this all the time, but there is nothing that will benefit us more than just uh, loving on Jesus, spending time with Jesus, growing to know Jesus, growing to love Jesus growing to live our lives in a manner that reflects our love for Jesus. And as we do all this, we'll grow to know his love for us. And there's a secret for this teaching. As we grow to love Jesus more, as we grow to obey him more, as we grow to repent, areas of our life that are not in line with christ or in line with the bible the word of god as we do that more and more we'll grow to know his love for us more and more and more and that will spur our love for him and it's just it's incredible um thank you lord jesus does that make sense i mean it's counterintuitive but it's 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 powerful so I mean, we would do well just to rewind that like a minute and listen to that again. And uh, I mean, the greatest way to grow to know the love of Christ is to grow to love Him more and more and more, uh, just uh, demonstrated in intentionality and in devotion in, in every aspect of our lives. So, we are, uh, we're continuing in John 9, uh, today we're going to do Lord Willing verses 24 to 34. I mean, these are some hard verses. I was telling Stephen, the uh, the guy that works with me on all these, and the the head of the whole I don't know communications, IT, whatever you call it, for Kingdom discipleship. And uh, I mean, he works hard. He's with me on all of these. That this is just a hard 11 verses. You know, it's just uh, to make application of these verses to our lives, which is why we have them. We consistently say that, you know, Romans 15 and 4 says that everything that was written in the past and all of this was written in the past was written to teach us or instruct us. It's not just written to, to give us a cool story or just to read it and forget about it. Right. So. When we read John 9, 24 to 34, what's in here to teach us or instruct us, right? 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness so that, you know, all of us would be equipped, you know, for whatever the Lord has for us to do. So, Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy. and favor and goodness on our lives. We thank you for your love. Father, above all, we thank you for Jesus, our only Lord and Savior and Master and God and King. Lord Jesus, we thank you for becoming a human man for us, for living a perfect life for us. We thank you for dying a perfect death for us. We thank you that you are alive and risen, Lord. We thank you for for these words in red, Lord, as I'm looking at them. Hmm. holy spirit we ask you to now lead us and guide us as we open the scriptures give us eyes that see and ears that hear in jesus name amen and amen thank you lord jesus all right john 9 24 to 34 a second time they summoned the man who had been blind give glory to god they said we know this man is a sinner He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I have told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they hurled insults at him and said, you are this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man, the man answered, Now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly man who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. To this they replied, you were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, where it says there in verse 34, they threw him out. That means they they just threw him out of the temple. He was excommunicated. He was not allowed to come there anymore. He was thrown out of church. Because he would not back down. For what Jesus had done in his life. You know, and there's a a lesson there for us. You know, sometimes it's hard. We see this man. Vigilantly, vigilantly stand up for what jesus christ had done in his life and sometimes it's hard you know these these pharisees you know are just are just leaning in on him and pressuring him to deny jesus verse 24 a second time they summoned the man who had been blind give glory to god they said we know this man is a sinner so they summon the man who Jesus healed. And they command him to give glory to God. And this is a, uh, I mean, this is a a moving scripture because they're using religion. Give glory to God. I mean, when you look at it on the surface, it's like a, uh, it's a wonderful thing, right? We all say, Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. And of course, everything is glory to God. But when they say give glory to God, we know this man is a sinner. They're saying give glory to God and deny Jesus and even proclaim Jesus as a sinner. Now, as my brother, big brother Jason Ross wrote an incredible book, The Sinless Man, The only human being to ever live on the earth, past, present, and future, that was not a sinner, is Jesus. Jesus is the only human being. Now, he is the God-man, but the irony of all this is when they say, we know this man is a sinner, everyone in human history, besides this man, Jesus Christ, the God-man, is a sinner. And they want him to give glory to God, but to reject Jesus.
0: If anyone ever, at any time or anywhere,
1: wants you or I to give glory to God outside of Jesus, it is always Our our absolute (laughs) responsibility to categorically reject it as this man does. They try to lead the man, they kind of give him an out. All the man has to say is glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. But it was Jesus, God, the son. Who actually healed him. It was Jesus who gave him his sight. And so he was unwilling to in any way reject Jesus and what Jesus had done. And that needs to be the conviction of every one of our lives, Peyton. We need to live our lives that it's Jesus Christ, God the Son, that has given us life, that has given us sight, that has given us understanding, that has given us eternal life. There
0: is no glory to God, save Jesus Christ. There is no glory to God, May, save
1: Jesus Christ in any manner or in any way. They summon this man a second time. He's been healed by Jesus. This is the first time in biblical history that a man born blind or anyone born blind, man or woman, has been healed and given their sight. It was done by Jesus. And they want him to glorify God, Chloe, apart from Jesus. There is no glory to God. Matter of fact, there is no God of any kind without Jesus. And that's something that we have to just, that's something we have to be firmly established in. And to this man's incredible credit in this incredible chapter in John 9, he will not fall for their uh you know, he will not cater to the pressure. He's not going to give glory to God and reject Jesus. And in practical fact, you cannot give glory to God and reject Jesus. It's only in Jesus Christ that there can be any relationship of any kind with the triune God God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. All God, three separate individual beings. It doesn't matter what religion or what philosophy you know people follow. It can be Hinduism, Buddhism, I'm sorry, Buddhism, um, Islam, Confucianism, um, Confucianism, um, you know, atheism, agnosticism, whatever the isms are, right? Whatever the religions are or the philosophies are, it's only in Jesus that you can give glory to God. And yet they are immensely pressuring him. These would be the most enlightened quote, enlightened religious leaders of the day. They would be the most honored and the most feared. And they are pressuring him to glorify God, but to reject Jesus. And he will not do it. And I don't know that there's a better example in the Bible of this, right, rap. Um, it's for us, for all of our lives, to stand up for Jesus, to glorify Jesus, to, to just live a life that, that reflects our devotion to Jesus in every manner and every way. Verse 25, and, and again, this is really the, the crux of the entire chapter, the entire book, and the entire Bible. If there's a verse in the Bible that you want to cling to, you know, there's a lot of verses we talk about. When you look at John 9, 25, there's really no verse in the Bible that has more application to our lives. Verse 25, he replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Is that your testimony today? Have you come into relationship with Jesus Christ? Are you trusting and relying on Jesus Christ? Are you clinging to Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul? Have you received Jesus Christ as your only Lord and Savior? John 1.12 says that to all who received him, to those that believed in his name, Jesus, he gave the right to become children of God. It's only in Jesus that you go from spiritual blindness to having spiritual enlightenment. It's only in Jesus that you go from spiritual death to spiritual life. This man was was healed physically. He went from being physically blind to being able to see physically But also being able to see physically, uh, spiritually, because of what Jesus had done for him. Whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. You know, the, the most famous Christian hymn, right, in history, Amazing Grace, right? You all know it. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost but now I'm found. Twas blind but now I see. All of us until we come to genuine saving faith in Jesus Christ our Lord are blind. We are spiritually blind. We live in darkness. We're in spiritual death. We have no understanding at all about who God is. In Jesus Christ, when when Jesus comes to live inside of us, when, when we receive Jesus in our heart for the forgiveness of our sins and the salvation of our soul, We are born again spiritually, we come into spiritual life, and now we come into relationship with God. God the Father becomes our heavenly Father. Jesus Christ becomes our Lord and Savior and Master and King, the Holy Spirit becomes our guide, our counselor, our comforter. And things start to make sense. The scripture starts to make sense. The Bible is is a desire in our hearts and we wanna live by it, right? And we have sight. In and through Jesus Christ, our Lord, and it's uh, it's the most
0: incredible blessing that we could ever imagine. Hmm. Verse twenty-six. Well, before I go into twenty-six, have you
1: have you received spiritual sight and spiritual understanding? in and through Jesus Christ. Are you trusting and relying on Jesus today, currently, for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul? Have you called out to him? Romans ten thirteen says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's not words that save us. You know, we use words to communicate to our, our Heavenly Father. But, I mean, have you come to a place where you believe the scriptures that tell you that all human beings are sinful and because of our sin, separated from God the Father, as Isaiah 59 tells us. And we're hopeless, helpless, desperate. We need a savior, and without a savior, we're headed to hell, condemned, separated from God for all eternity. And do you believe the scriptures Let's say that God the Son, Jesus Christ, came into the world, lived a perfect life for you, died a perfect death for you, and has been raised from the dead. And that if you'll trust in him today, if you'll give your life to him today, if you'll call out to him today in humility, knowing your desperate need for him, and ask him to be the Lord of your life, ask him to come into your heart, ask him to save you from your sin and bring you to heaven when you die and you mean it in genuine sincerity, again, understanding your desperate need of Jesus, you will
0: be saved. Are you trusting and relying on Jesus Christ today? If not,
1: give your life to him right now. Call on him. Proclaim to him your belief that you know you're a sinful man or woman and you can do nothing without him. And he is your only hope and call out to him, humbling yourself before him, asking him to be the Lord of your life, to come into your heart and save you from your sin and to bring you to heaven when you die. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 26, he testifies to what Jesus has done for him. He testifies that Jesus has given him sight. It's also clear that Jesus has given him spiritual sight. Because he's clinging to Jesus. He won't succumb to their pressure and their bullying. Verse 26, then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? 27, (laughs) this is how the man answered. He answered, I have told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? And the man is now goading them. The man is so indignant that they will not accept the plain reality of what Jesus has done in his life that he just boldly rebukes the entire religious establishment. And I mean, this guy is a hero. All he knows is he's been blind his entire life from birth. Jesus Christ came along, put mud on his eyes, told him to wash in the pool of Siloam. He went and just walked down into the pool, and he walked out having his sight. And no matter what anyone says, even the biggest and most important religious leaders of his day, it would be the most famous pastors and elders and bishops and popes of our day, trying to tell this man that Jesus is not the real deal, and this man will have none of it. And he is an example of what we need to be as Christians. We need to boldly proclaim to anyone and everyone that would uh, that would deny it that Jesus Christ is what's is who has saved us, is who has given us sight, who has given us meaning and purpose in life in every way. And uh, I mean, this is hard, but I'll say this, how these Pharisees and religious leaders are acting, that spirit is alive and well,
0: even in the church today. I mean, The greatest
1: and biggest blessing in the life of any human being is the work of Jesus Christ in their life. The work beginning at salvation, where they come to Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins and the salvation of their soul, when they receive eternal life, and then going on, Scott, to live a life for Jesus, moment by moment, day by day, becoming more like him. But oftentimes, even in the church today, this is—you uh, know—this is not our focus. And as ministers, you know, <laughs> again, and I look back in my own life, and in the church today, we can really see that uh, that sometimes we can be more like the religious leaders here, the Pharisees, than we are like the man who received. His sight from Jesus. And Father, I ask you
0: to forgive us and just uh, cleanse us and wash us of this unrighteousness. He answered, I have told you already and you did not listen. These
1: men are never, have never been spoken to this way. They are never lectured. They are never rebuked. Everyone cowers at these men. We ought to be respectful of our, of our pastors and our, and our elders, um, our church leaders. We ought to be respectful of them. As long as they're in line with the word of God, as long as they are glorifying Jesus, as long as the name of Jesus is on their lips. But when that's not their concern, When their concern is about other things, like these religious leaders were more concerned about their position at the temple, their position in the religious order. And oftentimes pastors can be more concerned about their church and what happens at their church than about Jesus and the kingdom of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. And when that's the case, It's our responsibility to to push back and rebuke them in the same way that this man does. Now, listen, I'm not telling anyone to go out there and just start rebuking your pastor. My point is, if you have a a sound Bible-based pastor that's exhorting you in Christ to live for Christ, to love for Christ, to give for Christ and to forgive for Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Love them, submit to them and honor them, right? But if you have a a supposed spiritual leader who this is not their lifestyle, then they need rebuke like these Pharisees needed rebuke. Um, And we live in a culture today, we live in a church culture today Where I dare say that there are more pastors and teachers and quote elders and church leaders that are more like the Pharisees here than they are like the man who received the incredible healing and blessing and received his sight from Jesus Christ. And Father, I ask you to forgive us. I ask you to forgive us and help us to uh, to just repent. And to lead your people and to lead your church in a way that that glorifies Jesus. Help us, Father. Verse 28. Then they hurled insults at him and said, You are this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. And right there, they condemned themselves.
0: There are no disciples of Moses. Jesus Christ has come. He's come into the world. God the Son entered the world he created.
1: He lived a perfect life for us, died a perfect death for us. He's been raised from the dead. He's alive and risen. He's the Lord of heaven and earth. In Matthew 28, Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. Not disciples of Moses. Not disciples of Muhammad. not, Not disciples of Buddha not disciples of Confucius, disciples of Jesus. Moses didn't die on the cross for you. Buddha didn't die on the cross for you. Muhammad wasn't tortured on the cross for you. And certainly Confucius wasn't tortured on the cross for you. It's only Jesus Christ, Esther, that gave his life for you on the cross. The only disciples there are are disciples of Jesus Christ. There are no other disciples in the world today that make any difference in any manner or in any way. We are all called to be disciples of Jesus Christ. To their own condemnation, they proclaim, you are this fellow's disciple. That's the greatest compliment anyone can give you, that you are a disciple for Jesus because you so boldly stand up for Jesus as this man did. They say, we are disciples of Moses. Moses was an incredible man of God, but Moses pointed them to Jesus. Verse 29, we know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. Look at the man says to that, verse verse 30. The man answered, Now, that is remarkable. And this is incredible because he even begins to mock them. He's pressing them. This man knows the scriptures. This man who was healed blind has heard the scriptures. He knows who Moses is, but he's not going to let him get away with it. And again, uh, it cannot be overstated that no one would ever speak to these religious leaders in this way. But this man boldly says, now that is remarkable. Verse 30, Corinne, you don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly man who does his will. Verse 32, nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. And it never happened. From Genesis to John 9, never do you see in the scriptures a priest or a prophet or anyone being used to open the eyes of a man born blind. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And again, that's the truth and reality of every human being's life. If you don't have Jesus Christ in your life, if you don't have Jesus Christ in your heart, you can do nothing. Jesus said, "With me all things are possible. Without me, you can do nothing." Verse 33, John 9:33, "If this man were not from God, he could do nothing." We are impotent without Jesus. We are useless without Jesus. We can do good things by the common grace of God, even when we're not in Christ. But in order for us to be pleasing to God, in order for us to, to be forgiven of our sin and go to heaven when, I, when we die, we must have Jesus Christ living in our heart. And then we must go on to be disciples of Jesus We don't get to heaven by anything we do. We don't have our sins forgiven by anything we do. We are forgiven of our sins and we go to heaven simply by trusting and relying and putting our full faith and confidence in Jesus Christ. And what he's done for us at the cross in our place and on our behalf. But after we become Christians, it's our responsibility to become disciples of Jesus Christ. Right, Ian? To live our lives Increasingly for Jesus Christ, Benny, right? The man boldly, boldly proclaims the truth about Jesus.
0: If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. Wow. If we're not in Jesus Christ today, because it's only from Jesus Christ that we are of God or from God, We too can do nothing. Verse 34, to this they replied. Regrettably, they don't
1: repent. As I've said before, they never rejoice in this man's healing. Here he is. He's been blind from birth. His parents testify along with him that he was blind from birth, but they still push Jesus away. Are you pushing Jesus away today?
0: Are you someone who's just consistently rejecting Jesus Christ? Father, have mercy. If that's you today, then just then just give it up.
1: Bow your heart to Jesus and just, just talk to him. Just say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry. I've been resisting you all my life and I ask you to forgive me. Lord, right now I humble myself before you and I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Lord Jesus, I place all my faith and trust and confidence in you alone to be the Lord of my life and to save me from my sin and to bring me to heaven when I die.
0: Jesus, I give my life to you today. And I ask you to be my only Lord and savior.
1: If you'll give your life to Jesus today with a humble heart, knowing your desperate need of him, knowing you're hopeless without him, knowing that only hell awaits as the scriptures teach without him. And you'll become a Christian today. And God the Father will become your heavenly father and Jesus Christ will become your Lord and Savior and Master and King and God. And the Holy Spirit will become your your guide, your counselor, your comforter. You'll come into relationship with the triune God. and, And with that will almost certainly come difficulties and persecutions. Verse 34. To this they replied, you were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. And again, this is, uh, regrettably, we live in a church time where when, when, when someone boldly stands up for Christ like this, they're not just rejected by the world, they could get rejected by the church. Sometimes the most zealous and passionate Christians are a little bit too much for the church, right, Father Rick? Father, I ask you to forgive us today. I ask you to cleanse us of unrighteousness. I ask you to to help us to be more like this man. Help us, Holy Spirit. Convict us. Lead us, Lord Jesus, to have the boldness of this man to speak up for Jesus and for what he's done in our life. Lord Jesus, we love you today and we worship you and we thank you. We thank you for your mercy on our lives. We thank you, Lord, that once we were blind, but now we can see. Lord, I ask you to help us that that would be the testimony of our lives more and more and more and more. Holy Spirit, we ask you to seal the message to our hearts now.
0: Give us eyes that see and ears that hear as we go forward. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.